Alrighty. We're in Hebrews. We began this study just a few weeks back. This morning we're going to consider what I call practical godliness. But let us always remember what we just sang. The song we just sang was, He Who Goes Before Us. We march. Yes. I don't just sit back in my chair and say, Oh, it's all in God's hands. I just sit here and do nothing. That's not what the Lord tells us to do, is it? He gives us instructions of things to do. But that's not... Those, all of the things that he instructs us to do are not things to accomplish our salvation. They are things that we are to do and that we love to do because of our salvation. Because of what he has done for us. Don't you go about trying not to sin now where you never did before? Don't you try to turn away from the things of this world that drew you into them at one time before? Why do you not do that anymore? Because He who loved us, He who first loved us, gave Himself for us. If God gave Himself for you, if God gave Himself for me, I'll take that back, not you, me. If God gave Himself for me, how can I not go about giving everything I have even though it's nothing to him this first chapter of Hebrews has been declaring the th better things Christ though made of a woman is still better than his creation including the ministering spirits and angels and these last verses of chapter 1 tells us plainly what the angelic beings were created for. Look at verse 14. And they, are they not, speaking of those angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who, who shall be heirs of salvation? Actually, you know what? I, I, I want to start over there again. I want to go back and read 9, 9 through 14. Thou hast loved righteousness, speaking of Christ, our better hope, our better than angels, our better everything. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Folks, don't forget, Christ was one of, he, he's brethren with you and I. He was made of the flesh. He was 100% flesh. He had to eat. He had to eat or his body would grow weary. Verse 10, And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. We read that over in John chapter 1, huh? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with the God, and the Word was God. Verse 11, we continue... They shall perish, speaking of the world. They can, speaking of the heavens and the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest. And thou shalt wax old as doth a garment. And they shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up. And they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels saith unto him at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstools? 
Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them that shall be heirs of salvation? And now we come to the meat. Now we come to the meat. The deep stuff. People say, John, you're just flapping around on top of the pool speaking about Jesus Christ and Him crucified all the time. What about the meat of the gospel? Here comes the meat of the gospel. Listen to these words in verse 1 of chapter 2. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed. You see our responsibility? You see the Lord inspiring His prophet to show us our responsibility to give more earnest heed. Because of what we just read. Because Christ is better than everything. Because Christ is is who He is. Because of His, uh, because as it says there, uh, who being in verse three, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person, and upholding all things by His word, by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins. Speaking of Christ, that's back in chapter one, verse three. Therefore, we ought to give the most heed to the things we have heard. Well, what were those things? Those things we just read in verse 3. Lest at any time we should let them slip. So let's consider that first word. Therefore. Because of what we just read, we ought. Therefore. Here the Holy Spirit calls you and I. He calls us to consider over in our minds... The excellency, the glory, and the superiority of Christ and the gospel of his free and sovereign grace in the Lord Jesus. With this word, therefore, the writer and the Spirit is telling us to recall, to gather up our thoughts and to focus our attention upon what was just told to us in chapter 1. The word, therefore, might be translated since. Since, since what we just read, since what we just read in verse 1, since God has spoken to us by his holy prophets and his son. You can read it that way. Therefore, therefore, since God has spoken to us by his holy prophets and his son, or you can read the, you can read the next part, since the Lord Jesus Christ is appointed heir of all things. We read that back in chapter 1. Since he who is our Savior is also the creator of everything. Doesn't that give us our peace? When we read things like all things are for our good in, in Romans chapter, chapter 8, verse 28, when we, when we read things like that, or in Romans 8, chapter 1, or chapter 1, verse... I'm going to get it right here. Romans 8, chapter 1, verse 1. I'm going to get that wrong again. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There we go. Took me a bit to get that, didn't it? <laughs> when you get to be my age, Polly Mary, when you get to be as old as I am, you'll understand that. <laughs> when we read things like there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ, how do you know that's true? Because our God created everything. He's, he's the master of everything. How do you know everything is for your good, Polly Mary? Because our God rules all things. Can our God do anything wrong? No. If he could, he wouldn't be God. If anything, if, if the word might, 
or if, if, if the word to the, to the sense of that that word means mean possibility possible if, if there was ever a might or a possibility with God according to the way you and I see those words then what a small God that would be our God is sure he's sure his works are sure that's why he only has to do them one time our Lord doesn't do something twice. Once He does it, it's done. He says, it is finished, it is finished. And that includes our salvation. How do we have peace? It's because we know Him as the sovereign God of all creation. That's our only peace. That what He says is true because it can't be wrong. Since Christ the God-man is the brightness of the Father's glory and the express image of His person, we know that what He did on the cross is successful. We know that what he did on the cross accomplished what he purposed it to do. There's no might. Well, maybe God saved you. Maybe maybe God saved some people. If you'll make a decision, he saved you. <laughs> Hogwash. Since, therefore, or since, he upholds all things by the by the word of his power. This is speaking of our Savior. We, we read these things back in chapter 1. Since he upholds all these things by the word of his power, is there anything that can, to, can thwart his power, thwart his word, turn him? Is there anything that can come between God and the people that he loves? And then it says, since says that by himself he by himself purged our sins he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high since he by himself has purged our sins shouldn't we rest in what he's done since he who is our savior is exalted reigning over all things monarch over all the universe should we not go to him for our needs should we not expect from him to give us what we need? Should we not count and trust that he will give us all that we need? Since our great Savior is so much better and superior to even the angels, it says we ought in our verse there, doesn't it? Therefore, since because of all those things, we ought. Notice that the Apostle Paul who many believe wrote this, whoever did write it, notice that they said that they did not say, you ought. I corrected myself a moment ago when I said you ought, huh? And I said I ought. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying here. We ought. If all of these things be true to your heart, if all those things we just read about the Lord Jesus being so much better than the angels being at, uh, at the glory of God the Father, the express image, upholding all things by the word of his power, purging our sins by himself, sitting at the right hand of the majesty on high, shouldn't we ought? I ought. What, our, what our, the writer is saying is that this message he has is a message for all of us a message for you and it's a message for me 
Folks, I'm in the same boat as you are. I know those who mistakenly put my dear brother, Pastor Gene Harmon, on a pedestal so high that when they found out he was nothing more than a sinner saved by grace, they walked away from God's gospel never to see or hear of it again. I'm not saying anybody's putting me on a pedestal, but I know some of us have put some on a pedestal. How many people have put Don Fortner on a pedestal too high for him to sit on? God's ministers are in the same boat you are. We have the same struggles as you have. Many a time in these last few weeks, I have had to deal with struggles in my own life, family, friends, struggles inside of this flesh, just as you have each and every day. I face the same dangers. I have the same responsibilities as you have. It's just as much my responsibility to walk according to God's Word as it is for you. God's preachers are men just like you and I. Even the apostles and the prophets of old were nothing more than men just like us. All of us believers are sinners saved by grace alone. We're sinners in the midst of a great conflict we're sinners in them with great trials. We're sinners with constant needs of grace. We're sinners of unceasing assault from hell. Even worse, assaults of our own flesh. Therefore, we must ever watch and pray. We must ever be vigilant. We must constantly press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. It says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed. We must each one personally and diligently apply to ourselves and faithfully lay to our hearts the things which we have heard. It is our duty and responsibility to bow to the Word of God. Is this Word of God that we hold in our hands true to you? We must constantly bow and bend the knees, bend our wills to God's will. Do we do you do you look to God's will in what you do? You know, our Lord tells us not to buy and sell without asking, Lord willing. I say we're going to come to the table of remembrance here at the end of. The services today. Pastor Gene was always very loyal in stating, Lord willing. Lord, thy divine will be done. Our minds, we want to bend to God's revelation. Lord, are you showing me something here? And our thoughts to his gospel. What are the gospel? Jesus Christ and Him crucified. 
We must set our affliction, our affections upon Christ. We must do so constantly. We must bring our whole man, our whole body, our whole soul, every thought, every imagination, every faculty of our being into the willing captivity and the subjection of our Savior. Lord, is this what you have for me? I'll tell you something. If you're God's child, everything he has for you is right before your face. Including our trials. As well as our blessings. As well as our blessings. We must bring our whole body and soul into the into subjection of our Lord's will. It's not enough that we have heard and do hear the gospel. We must apply it to ourselves. We must set our hearts upon the things which we have heard. The things which we have heard are the glorious truths of the gospel set forth in Holy Scripture. Why? It says next in the last part of our verse there, lest at any time we should let them slip. Brother Don Fortner wrote these next words. He said, this is a very unusual expression. This expression we just read here, lest at any time we should let them slip. That's our Lord's word speaking to us. We say we can never fall. God's children can never, ever fall out of the love of Christ. And that's true. So why would God inspire one of his prophets to say this very thing to us? This is a very unusual expression, he writes. It is used nowhere else in the word of God. It's an expression of real danger. The danger of apostasy. The danger of losing the benefit of the gospel. The danger of eternal ruin. If it is impossible to over, it is impossible to overstate the seriousness of this matter. It is absolutely vital that we persevere in the faith. That we continue in the word. Folks, are there not many who once seemed to have a real interest in the things of God, who have made a shipwreck of faith, who have made a shipwreck of their immortal souls? Leave Hebrews for a moment there. Turn to the left just a couple of pages to 1 Timothy. These are words that we cannot ignore. We dare not ignore any of God's word. And our Lord here says in, in, this, in this book of Hebrews, he says, Therefore, we ought, we ought to give the more earnest heed. That means to watch over, to be careful of the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Now, I want to remind you, what happened to Israel? Israel was God's chosen people, a picture of all of God's chosen people. But we know that Israel wasn't all Israel, don't we? We know that all of those who sit under the preaching of the truth today and all around the world, not all are Israel, don't we? Do not the, the, the wheat grow up with the tares? Isn't that what the scripture tells us? In 1 Timothy chapter 1, Look at verse 19. What does it tell us to do here? Holding faith 
and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. Lord, is that me? Have you ever stopped to ask yourself, Lord, Lord, am I a Judas? Have you ever asked that? I have. I wonder. You know how Bill Silva knows he's not a Judas? Because God kept him to the end. I'm going to be asking myself if I'm a Judas till God takes me out of this world. Then I'll know. You know how Don Fortner knew he wasn't a Judas? When, or when he found out he wasn't a Judas is when the Lord took him out of this world and brought him into his presence. Until God takes us out of this world, we need to examine ourselves. Am I in the faith? Am, am I taking heed? Am I, am I giving earnest heed to what I've heard? And am I one of those who just show up on Sunday for an hour and say, okay, I'm good. I'm going to go back out into the world now and do whatever I want. I'm going to run crazy, just do, you know, do, it all, do whatever feels good. I want to show you several more verses. We're running a little bit long on Bible study this morning, but I want to show you a couple more verses. Look over at John chapter 8. Look over at John chapter 8. In John chapter 8, look at verse 31. Then Jesus, so we see right off the bat, it's our Lord Jesus, God Almighty, the Sovereign One. To, he said to those Jews which believed on Him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Go back towards the other side of Acts and Romans to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we begin reading in verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, that also ye have received... And wherein ye stand. Now see how Paul is writing here. He's saying the exact same words that we see over here. Take heed. Take heed. Take earnest heed to what? To the things which ye have heard. What is Paul saying here? I preached unto you which also ye have received. And wherein ye stand. Verse 2. By which also ye are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you. Unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to 
the Scriptures. People tell me, John, you don't go deep enough into the Word. There's more in God's Word than Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Is that right? Is that right? What did we just read right here? What was important? What was Paul putting the emphasis on? Stand fast in the Gospel. Stand fast in Christ. Take heed to the things we have heard. Lest at any time we should let them slip. One more if you would. Turn back over to Hebrews. Or, uh, actually, let's look at Colossians. Go, uh, keep going to the right past Corinthians there. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verse 23. If ye continue in the faith, grounded, firm, may God grab a hold of us. May He anchor us to Him. Firm. Settled. Be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am a minister. The admonition that we see here in Hebrews, turn over to Proverbs chapter 6. The admonition that we see, and I'll bring this to a close here, the admonition that we see over here in Hebrews 2 verse 1 is this. If we would be saved, if we would continue in the faith, if we would avoid making a shipwreck of our souls, we must bind the gospel to our hearts. I'm going to read that again. We must bind the gospel, the good news, to our hearts. We're going to get to over preview Proverbs chapter 6. And we must bind our hearts to the gospel. Both ways. Look at Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20. My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart. Do you ever sit there your mind is going about and the world and things about going around you. And all of a sudden you remember something. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Oh, folks, bind yourselves to the gospel. But even better, bind the gospel to you. When thou goest, it says in verse 2, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. Folks, a true child of God can never fall away from eternal death. Our Lord and Savior has taken 
our eternal, our eternal death upon himself and conquered it. We are kept by the power of God, as it says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. But that does not delete our Lord's warnings to you and I. We look to all of God's word for our counseling. So as we read in our verse there this morning, Therefore, therefore, because of what God has told us about His Son in the first chapter of Hebrews 1, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Amen.